forever. Dog. They were flirting with death. This week on the podcast, Arl Stein's The Boy Next Door. Welcome to another episode of Teen Creeps. I'm one of your hosts, Kelly Nugent, and I am joined by a very special guest co-host today. Uh, You may know him as the host of the podcast, Gayest Episode Ever, where he talks about LGBTQ episodes of classic sitcoms and also Deep Cuts and Superficial Wounds, a podcast about lesser-known 80s music. Drew Mackey is here. Hi. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much for joining me, reading a book, (laughs) and then talking about it and sitting in my haunted home, which we've talked extensively about. I'm very excited to see what like sort of guest appearance we have from Ghosts, but also just to talk about a book because I talk about old media all the time, almost never books. Wow. Yeah. So this is a special moment, I think, for all of us. (laughs) (laughs) For all of us in here. (laughs) Um, This book, I feel like is a classic cover. Like I've seen this cover many times. I've Mm -hmm. never read this one. Have you read this book? No, this might be the first non-Goosebumps R.L. Stein I have ever read. Wow, really? So I, I'm coming. So this up, is your first time reading Fear Street. I've never read a Fear Street before. Ah! So I'm I'm coming from a YA deficit because I was one of those. I, I am I am a gay person. Yes, but I grew up being horrified that anyone would think I was like gay or feminine. So oh I was scared to read YA, even though I got into horror later and I realized like these are just horror. Yeah, they're like, just these horror. are girls' books. They are like thrillers. Yeah, yeah. And these ones, these books. I feel like it's so funny. A lot of these like YA books that were from this era, it's like, oh, these are girls' books. And you read it and they're the gnarliest shit you've ever read in your life. Mm -hmm. Because like R.L. Stein is king of, I will call them iconic deaths because they are, it's truly like, this one did not have iconic deaths, I would not say. Okay. Like example, girl is doing a pottery thing. Her necklace gets stuck on the pottery wheel and her face gets jammed down and like ground away and is found hours later. Wow. That is an R.L. Stein iconic death. Or a girl gets boiled to death in a shower that gets stuck on pot. This sounds like a Final Destination situation. Very. Right. Very, 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 very. This was more like psychologically harrowing. Yeah. I like so like we don't really know each other, but no. uh, I did want to ask like this was just randomly assigned to me, right? Yes, <laughs> you no, were, no, you were like not- this is a Drew Mackey book. It's <laughs> <laughs> like so I just want to say I, I I like women. <laughs> women are great. <laughs> no, this was not like I didn't like feed ja- Chat GPT like your name and like pick an R.L. Stein book that <laughs> would work with Drew. Yeah. Mm. No, 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 no. Not an insult. No, not an insult. So please don't take it personally. Yeah. Um, any. Any, uh, what is it? Any reference or whatever is coincidental. Good, good, good to know. I just wanted to put that on the table. Um, so wait, so you did not read YA, really? I read Christopher Pike mm. because- Okay, very sexy, very scary. Um, Last Vampire was weirdly passable because boys in my class are reading it because it's about a hot girl. So yeah. I think that made it okay. And then um, at one point- I, you know how there was like reading lists, like mm-hmm. like you could buy from a reading yeah. thing. Um, I had an older brother who had more grown up stuff, and for some reason, I got fixated on Freeze Tag by Carolyn Cooney, and I'm like, wow. I want this one. And he was embarrassed that he had to order it for me, so he told everyone it was for me, and then I was like, <laughs> I can't read it anymore, and that was like the last because. 
Oh he my told God. his entire class that I bought this book that was for girls. It was, it's fine. It's fine. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. That it's so weird how much stuff that is so not gendered is gendered. Yeah. Like, especially with like media and books, like, especially because like looking at this, I mean, I guess they're kind of like romancey looking. It's, it's, but it's also lurid, but I guess in, so interestingly, the way the cover is drawn is she's wearing like the most Oh my unsexy God. pajamas you could picture in the book she's always dressed sexier when very sexy low-cut leotard mm, the low-cut leotard i was like whoa what is that um but like this outfit that she's wearing and it's funny because if you see um shooties what is the name of that phone wrong number the cover of wrong number i don't know if you're familiar with it has two teen girls in like lacy lingerie and they're like sitting on the bed and they're like ah like you, okay. you've walked in on our activities, whatever it is they might be doing. But this is like this girl is wearing a flannel from Sears, right? Set like long anti- sleeve, long pants, anti sexy, like anti sexy. That's like what your mom would wear to bed, not like the nubile, like fifteen year old girl. Exactly, and right. especially this girl. Oh, is it the sister? Oh, that's probably is. It's probably Melinda and not Crystal, which is really strange. I mean, I think, and this is one other thing I'm going to tell you. Many times I feel like the person who drew these beautiful covers Mm -hmm. has not read the book. Right. They're just like, "Eh, it's about a new boy and he's looking through the window and girls are, yeah. He's hot. He's hot here. So my big problem with him is that like we're told at the beginning he kind of looks like Keanu Reeves and then we're given no other evidence of why the girls are so obsessed with him. He seems kind of like Jake. He's a dud. Jake's a doof, but I I actually get more good vibes from him. I just get nothing from this guy because he's like, an empty vessel. There's like nothing there. It yeah. Turns out, and all three of our girls are just like going out of their minds. They're like gaga. This guy's attention. It, you're totally right. Like he really was giving me nothing because he's because like you said he is like hmm. I want to say like less going on inside than even oh American Psycho. Um. Yeah. I Patrick mean, Bateman. We spend more time with his interior at least. Like like maybe like a quarter of the book is Scott. Scott Collins is his name, which mm-hmm. is the most boring name. <laughs> Although it also sounds like someone who would murder his wife. Yes, it does. Yeah. It, and they would show him like ski doing. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, oh, but his family is like dead. That I like your choice of verb there. Ski doing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Isn't that what that's, it is? That, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, here he is looking happy on a ski do and then he killed his family. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Do, we, do you talk about the back of the book? Yeah, we're we going to read okay. it right now just okay. to give everybody some context. <laughs> dot, dot. You just gave me a look. This guy's got killer looks. Wow, look and look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a what's the word? Synchronicity. Synchronicity. Mm-hmm. Lauren and Crystal think Scott has it all. He's handsome. He's the new star of Shady Side High's football team, and he's moved in right next door. Both girls will do anything, say anything, try anything to get the chance to go out with him. That's all either of them want. But that's all Scott's last girlfriend wanted too, and now she's dead. That was mm. that was very well read. Who the fuck Thank is you. Lauren? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> so, also, okay i have to say also is this a real book just because like okay look how off kilter the font strange yeah it looks like like someone like dummied it and yeah. then like, like the typographer will make it look good after but this is a reprint so this came out in 96 and then this version was reprinted in 2005 so there might be like slight updates to like technology and stuff in here i couldn't really tell but that means not only did they keep that ugly font but yes. they kept that like that's to be lynn that's Lynn. Lynn. They, they call her Lauren. And it's also weird that Lauren's first. Like, Lynn's not the main character. No, like, Crystal's, Crystal's the, main character. the main character. And um, 
yeah, that means that like no one ever fixed it. They're like, it's fine. They probably, I think once it was printed, no one looked at it. I think people were just like, okay, it's ready and it's going to go to the printer. Um, Yeah, Lauren, we don't know her. Lynn. Okay. Also, it's there's so many things wrong with this too because like this makes it seem like, because but that's all Scott's last girlfriend wanted too and now she's dead. I, I don't know why, but like that makes it seem like we see the girlfriend alive at some point. Right. And we spend time with them. We do not. We don't know anything about her because all the information we get about her is like refracted through Scott's demented version of yes. her. Where she's like a depraved sex monster who he tricks into killing herself in the a very strange specific way. It is I I don't I I don't know how dark it was back there in that backyard. Yeah. Because I mean maybe she's like in the moment. So when the book opens with um uh Scott, like he's at his girlfriend, dead girlfriend's funeral. It's very like it was funny because my first note was, "Hey, fellas, is it gay to cry at your dead girlfriend's <laughs> funeral?" Because he was like, "I can't cry, not in front of everybody." And then it got much worse. I was like, "Oh, not only is it like weird, like toxic masculinity, but like I didn't know he was a merc." Because I don't know anything about this book. I picked it because it was available on Kindle, and then it wasn't. So I was like, "Okay, that's the book we're doing." Mm-hmm. I did not realize he would be a murderer. I was very surprised when it, it like within a few pages, they're like, no, no, he's the bad guy, which is an interesting, like, I guess he writes a lot of these books. So um, mm-hmm. they could have done them from the perspective of like, you don't know that the new boy is dangerous. And here they're telling us from the beginning. So we know more than Crystal and the other girls know. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting dramatic like conceit of like, we're going like, to clue you in so you can appreciate why this is like dramatic irony. Yeah. But um. It is weird to just know from the beginning that like what he did and Mm -hmm. that he is the killer that's going to be the big bad in in the entire book. Yeah, there really are no twists at all. And like, I mean, I guess you can be surprised. I was actually pleasantly surprised that Melinda and Lynn like worked together at the end. Like, Melinda and Crystal, because Lynn. Lynn I'm sorry, Crystal. I stared at the book and I was like, not Lauren, Lynn. Yes, Melinda and Crystal, because. I felt like, well, here's what I was afraid about. I was afraid that the, so when he usually is like, oh, this is the person that's bad. Mm -hmm. There's usually like a secondary, like there's some kind of like little, ooh, but it's actually this. So I was afraid that it was going to be like Melinda also is like puritanical evil. Like she teams up with him to like kill the other girls. Yeah, that would have been, I guess, a twist, but they didn't do that, which is probably for the best. But yeah, there's not really a surprise Mm. because it does seem like, like, oh, Lynn's gonna die because she's very, she's not a slut because she's not having sex. She's just forward and like kisses boys. And like puts her hand on their arm. And then they're like, he decides that she's, I don't, there actually isn't slut shaming language in this exactly, Mm -hmm. but like she's bad. She's bad. He does say like that she wears too revealing. Like he doesn't like when girls wear re- clothing that are too revealing. Mm. He also, also to Crystal's credit, I was pleased that Crystal wasn't a complete idiot. Because like she notices when he's, when he's like slamming his fist in his locker and he's like, no way to behave, no way to behave. She's like, um. That's a weird thing to say. That's a weird word choice. Yeah. That seems significant to me for some reason. I'll think about that for three chapters. Granted, yeah. I really wish that she would have been like, oh, that's weird. Also, Lynn's dead. And her suicide note said that. Mm -hmm. 
But instead, she's like, what could this mean? Ah, well. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, oh, he's hot. Like, she she is very blinded by his hotness. Like, literally, like, um, in the scene, I think right after that is when she takes him over to see that Melinda's dressed up. Because, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Over the course of the book, she teaches Melinda to dress cute Mm -hmm. instead of wearing, like, these drab brown shapeless sweaters. (laughs) Yeah, So, which is another weird thing, because, like, the entire time we spend, like, about a quarter of the book in Scott's narration, and he's very judgmental of women, Mm -hmm. like, in the worst possible way, Mm because he's a monster. But, like, for a big chunk of the book, Crystal is also super judgmental of her mom for, like, not dating her. Like, she's pretty. She should be dating. She thinks Lynn is a little too much, Mm -hmm. and she thinks that old Melinda dresses like garbage. Yeah. Like a moth-colored sweater. I I did love, wait, what did she say? That she has like a a way she describes her that is so funny to me because it was like quite mean. Oh, 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 I wrote it in my notes. So she says, sure, Melinda was plain and shy and kind of drab. I'm like, man, you you got it. I, I underlined it. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, Jesus. Yeah, I'm like, this is your sister. But I mean, she is, she might as well be like, she's a dumpy, like, bitch. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm cute and I get what's like, it. Re- you know what it re- kind of reminded me of? And I wonder if something was happening with that, like similar to this. You know the part in Breakfast Club where they give that one girl the makeover and like, it's worse? Yeah. But like, Maybe that's happening here. Like, maybe she just looks, hmm. Maybe she just looks like an Olsen twin. Like, you know, like, maybe she's just in those, like, oversized things. Right. And then this uh, sister, Crystal, is like, oh, well, you need to be my style, my fashion. Which she does very specifically. And she's like, you finally look good because you look like me. Yeah, I think that uh, Melinda could have been, like, artsy bohemian. Yeah. And, like, this popular girl's like, you're just like, you're just like crap. Like, yeah. here, like, have, like, an orange suede skirt instead. I yeah. was like. I know. Or she's like, here's this like leather micro mini. And I was like, she's never going to wear that. But yeah. then she's like, oh my God, we look like twins. You look so good. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a different other pathological psychology that's not yes. really explored. And it's, it's Crystal uh, being like, people should be more like me. Mom should be more like me. And also my sister should be more like me. Yeah. So there's like yeah. a clinical narcissism <laughs> thing happening with Crystal. But to her credit, you know, she doesn't want her sister to get killed by yeah. a scary guy. So that's good. Um, one of the things, I guess this is not a twist, but one of the things when I, once Kelly died and refocuses. Kelly. Into, Kelly. Kelly. Lynn. Lynn. Oh my God. You're Kelly. Ghost. Ghost. <laughs> the ghost is here. It wants me to join and be his wife. It's Lauren. Lauren threw me off. So I was like, <laughs> the name's not Lauren. Don't say Lauren. And I said, your name is that. So when Lynn yeah. dies, it refocuses the story to be specifically on Crystal and Melinda, which mm-hmm. I thought was interesting. And then I was like, okay, so obviously one is going to save the other. And I was curious to be, is Crystal going to save Melinda or is Melinda going to save Crystal? And it kind of ends up being both. But like, that was one thing where I was like, I'm not exactly sure which way he's going to take the story. Yeah. yeah. Me too. And I did like the way that Melinda starts. She's like the one who initiates the saving. Mm-hmm. I feel like because the, well, the first attempt of saving doesn't really work because she doesn't believe mm-hmm. Crystal. Because Crystal's like, he's a psycho killer. And she's like, you're jealous because he likes me because he likes drabness. And <laughs> you, he doesn't like you because you're too flashy and skanky. Right. And, She's like, no, oh my God, he is a scary guy. He said all the stuff that's in the letter. And she's like, I'm not going to listen to you. So then that like gets kiboshed. But then when she's at the foot of the stairs and he's like trying to kill Crystal, she's like, I'm Crystal, I'm Crystal. And I liked that. Like I mm-hmm. liked, I also liked that late, you know, in the epilogue of the book, I guess, 
they get along now and they the the um relationship that they once had because they talk about how like we used to be close and then we're not anymore it's kind of back they kind of make it seem like it's lynn's fault that like they stopped being honestly friends. i was like but- now that lynn's out of the way <laughs> but i do like yeah, you're right so um she saves melinda saves crystal by like I'm leaning into the fact that they're actually more alike than Melinda probably would have wanted to admit at the beginning of the story. Yeah. Enough that they can pass for each other and confuse the killer. And then at the end of the book, in the very last chapter, she's making Crystal watch Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. So like, this is one small way where she got to pull Crystal into her world a little bit, which is nice that it wasn't just a one-way street. Yeah. So it's not just Molly Ringwald making over Ali Sheedy. It's like as if... Ali Sheedy also the taught Molly Ringwald to be weird or something. Yeah, she was like, "Why don't you try listening to the Cure or something?" <laughs> mm-hmm. But it was I did, and I also liked too that like Crystal was like, "I tried reading that book; it was boring." And she's like, "Okay, just watch the movie." Right. Which I I appreciated that. I mean, too halfway. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I did like this book. Mm, it was it's one of the better Fear Streets, I would say. Um, also, <laughs> like it is both it's more psychologically scary but less like physically scary because i felt like the kill in this was like it's an off page like Lynn, death Lynn's, Lynn's death, death. Yeah. it's just off page it doesn't when usually it's like very graphic and like very like on page right i guess the swimming pool death i think we didn't say specifically oh, what that was yes but um he the, the first girlfriend who we never actually meet she's tricked into diving into an empty swimming pool and they describe like the like her yes. face cracking and stuff i was I like forgot oh. about that i was like oh geez but that is in a flashback and we don't know who she is so it's different yeah feeling bad about that than feeling bad about lynn who we we've come to know and like yeah we feel bad when she dies so that that what that was something yeah, yeah. i I, I did like the book opening on that. And so basically what it is, is it's Scott. He's like, I'm at my dead girlfriend's funeral. Boo hoo. Uh, and he's like, but why'd you have to make me kill you? And it's like, wait, what? And he's like, I invited her to go swimming late at night in my neighbor's pool. Uh, and then she dove in. There was no water. And she felt like dove onto her face and died, mm-hmm. which is very brutal. But also like, you know what? She was blinded by how hot he was. Right. It would have made more sense if she was drunk. Are these kids allowed to drink? They don't drink, do they? They don't drink in these books. So these kids don't drink. Christopher Pike kids drink. R.L. Stein kids do not drink. So it would make more sense if like she was a bad girl because she was like yeah. high and drunk or something, and that's why she dove into the pool. But then it made me think of that PSA, which you might actually be too young for. What is the PSA? So there's a PSA that ran when I was a kid. So I was born in '82. I graduated high school in 2000. Okay. And when I was like, so you're Lindsay's age. Yes. Mm-hmm. And when I was approaching middle school. Uh, there was this ad with um, a, like you're seeing a girl on a diving board and you see her jump and then the camera pulls back to realize there's no water in the pool. But it's a metaphor to thinking like you think drugs are fun, but they're more dangerous than you might expect. So you'd be like this girl jumping into a pool that you think is going to be fun, but there's actually no water and you're going to die. So oh, that, my God. So, and I checked that came out in like 1990, 91. So that was definitely something that I'm Arl sure. He, so he saw that and he was like, mm, I can do something with that. Yeah, I'm sure he was like, wow, that's really gnarly. I'm going to yeah. put that in one of my books. Rather than be anti-drugs, it is just about having a jerk boyfriend. I guess. Yeah. Or just yeah. like the dangers of these like trad wife guys. Mm hmm. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. 
your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Also, the reveal that mommy's kind of scary. Oh my God. I wanted more mommy. I want more of his weird family life. Okay. Yes. So like there's one- Oh my God. The details, there's so many details about that weird family life. There's So there's one scene with mommy where yes. you see that like, she's the one that teaches him dialogue. Like that's no way to behave. Yes. So he's like incorporated her bad mommy personality into his brain, Norman Bates style. Yes. So yes. I'm like, okay, I understand that's a thing. But like, yeah, I want to know more about his freaky family and like what the fuck happened. And also the fact that his dad subscribes to American Family Magazine. Yes. Which I imagine just being like Norman Rockwell yes. like, recreations, page dead with like no text None. like I wanted like what like a centerfold of like a family at a table I was like what is this magazine this is the weirdest magazine yeah you open it and like the thing that's revealed is just like a roast dude I that's so funny that you mentioned that too like when I was a kid we used to eat at this place called Spires that was like a diner mm. and it it was like everyone eating there was like 87 years old great and my family yeah. and like my family would go in and they did have like a pretty killer patty melt I remember that being really yummy um, but every single art piece was a Norman Rockwell piece. Isn't that so strange? Mm-hmm. So strange. Um, but oh, another detail that like shook me to my core was when he's like, my dad's on a business trip. And when, I, when my dad's not here, my mom makes me sit in his seat, which is like weird. That is really weird. Daddy son or m- mommy son thing. Yeah, so there's an implication there yes. that is happening off page. And I was like, what? What is, is, are we supposed to believe it? And then we get nothing else from Rick Mommy. I can't believe that he teased us with that because that I would have read an entire book about that family. So I have a structural question about Fear Street and I think I know the answer, but like, so there's like, they all take place in the, kind of a shared continuity. Yeah. And sometimes characters cross over. Mm-hmm. They show up more than once, but we don't ever see the Collinses again, even though, do, do we? I don't think so. But, uh, no, I I don't think so. I don't recall seeing them. Theoretically, Mrs. Collins is still being creepy and weird yeah. with, now with a dead son. No, and- he's not dead. Did you know that? I thought he died. I thought he died. I thought he died because like <laughs> literally blood was like exploding out of his mouth. Yeah. They're like, he's in a mental institution. I'm like, oh. what? What a cop out. I wish he was dead. I did finish this at like 1145 last night. So that might've been like the last thing I read. And I'm like, okay. I'm it was literally two words. Like she's like, oh, mental hospital. And so they, then- they could have followed it up with like the return of the boy next door. Mm-hmm. Because they, they do like sequels, like the babies, the babysitter mm-hmm. got sequel. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That girl keeps being a babysitter for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why I would never be a babysitter again. <laughs> like people would not trust her to be a babysitter, but. No. Um, okay. So the weird thing about knowing that like um, Melinda and I tried to look on like the Fear Street wiki and mm-hmm. it doesn't say that like Crystal and Melinda show up anywhere else again. So I'm like, I guess this is like their one Fear Street story. But then I think about like everyone who goes to their school is just like all enduring their own Fear Street novel yeah. like simultaneously. Yes. I was like, what if, I, mean, I guess that's in a good metaphor for like what high school's like. Yeah. Like, everyone's de- dealing with it. But like, like this is just what life is in this town. Yes. It's literally, that is, it, it is such a lo- like really funny heightened metaphor of like both what everyone is actually going through and what teenagers perceive that they're going through. Yes. Um, 
and it's so like I am the main character of my story and like oh my gosh I can't believe all these things are happening to me but like every character is doing that mm-hmm. um there are a couple the, the characters that do show up again they do mention Dalby's department store that is Reva Dalby's family's department store the rich bitch in um in uh Silent Night series Reva Dalby is a great mean girl name she is the meanest girl she <laughs> will literally and and like the, the the way that she's mean is so mean like she'll be like like i don't i can't so she has this cousin that she doesn't like because she's poor <laughs> and she's like oh she's gonna work at the department store like what a drag i have to hang out with my poor cousin and like she'll she'll just like say things to people that are so mean like um oh someone was supposed to get a job at the department store and she didn't like them so she asked her dad to give her the job even though she didn't want it and then she like went up to that person and was like, wow, it really sucks that you're out of a summer job. I've got so much to do at work. Bye. And like, <laughs> it's like stuff like that. Like she, and so she does come back and I think she should. Um, Suki Thomas is the school slut and she comes back a lot. And I like her a lot too. She's like the punky, she has like spiky hair. She wears like fishnets and like leotards and stuff. I like these girls' names. I don't, I'm not wild about the name selections. No. They're, they're very, met. like Lynn Although her name is Palmer, it made, made me think of Laura Palmer. Laura Palmer, yeah. And I'm like, I guess she sort of is that. But um, then I started thinking about Twin Peaks. So I, I really like Twin Peaks as well. But me I'm too. like, all the Donna and James stuff in Twin Peaks is very YA novel. Yeah. Like, her friend's dead and they're trying to solve the mystery together. But she's falling in love with her dead friend's boyfriend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that is like exactly what this is. It'd be such a great primer. I missed out on so much by not reading this kind of stuff. Mm. Well, 2020 hindsight. I mean, I can start now, but there's like how many first street novels? A bunch. And there are many that you could like probably skip. Mm. There are some, like if you like like a deeply unhinged female villain, there are many. And there's one, I forget which one it is, where she like ties a guy up. He's like passed out. Mm -hmm. He wakes up and he's like, what is on my head? She's tied him up and he put a taxidermy moose head on top of his head. (laughs) <laughs> and like does a whole villain monologue at him and like beats the shit out of him while he's in it. Like great tops. He has, he writes very good unhinged female characters. So I, I really dig female villains. They're one of my favorite things ever. And I got to say, uh, was it you and Oscar or was it you, Lindsay and Oscar who did the urban legend episode? Me and Oscar. Okay. That, or maybe me and Lindsay and Oscar, me and Lindsay and Oscar. That was, I saw that in the theater and yeah. I'm like, Oh, this is scream ripoff and yeah. kind of just regarded it. And yeah. Didn't really yeah. Think yeah. About it again, what you guys said about Brenda And like the way her character is interesting and played well. I was like, I think they're right. I think I really did like dismiss this when there's actually something really interesting there. And I never heard anyone give it like a critical evaluation the way you guys did. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I really love that movie. I do agree that it like does pretty heavily lift from the scream craze. Mm -hmm. But I think Brenda is a really amazing character. And that performance by um, Rebecca Gayhart is like undeniable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like there's a lot of Brenda's that, in these books. That that is what I need. Yeah, it's great. But then I started thinking. So I was running through all this in my head, and I started thinking about Scream, and like, okay, Scream's a horror movie, but like on all the parts where it's just Nev Campbell missing her dead mom and being like, my boyfriend doesn't understand me. Yeah, I'm like it is a YA novel. Yeah, punctuated by slasher like yeah. m- moods. And like this, it it is just criminal the way it was super gendered and stigmatized when I was in like middle school and high school. Yeah. Yeah. And like it it it's it's really funny too because I feel like a lot of times when they're like, oh, that's like girl shit or whatever, like it's for girls. If anyone ever cracked the shit open too, like because like it's like like I was a complete freak 
I mean, I still am kind of a freak, but I was like a complete freak as a kid who like I really liked feeling like disturbed and scared from the stuff I would read. Mm -hmm. Um, And like those books were the thing that like I remember reading Christopher Pike and then jumping to Stephen King. And then occasionally I would read some Fear Streets because like they'd be, I still remember the like little carousel in my sixth grade classroom Mm -hmm. that had like those little books like that. And I remember like seeing the Silent Night cover and reading that. And there's a part where Reva Dalby is uh, being, she's being targeted by someone and it's like literally who wouldn't target her. Um, And she's putting on lipstick and there's a needle in the tube and it cuts her lip. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, you feel that viscerally. Yeah. I don't I, I don't I don't really have reason to wear lipstick and now that yeah. is something that I'm going to be scared of. Yeah. So thank you. Uh you're welcome. She's fine in like two days. I'm sure. <laughs> it, it goes away. It's totally fine. Um but yeah, so in this book, um, 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 um oh right. So then he's like, I have to go to a new school, Fear Street. I'm gonna go to Shadyside. Mm. So he goes to Shadyside. Of course, everyone thinks he's hot. I also like that we don't waste any time at school. We're never at school. Mm-mm. I didn't want to be at school. I was fine with not being at school. There's like a lunchroom encounter, yeah. encounter and like a meeting in the hallway and it, yeah. everything else is in one of the t- two bedrooms basically. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I was shocked when they were in Lynn's bedroom at one point. I was like, huh? Because I had trouble mm. figuring out if they were on the phone or in person a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, it'd be like, like, oh, I remember one point where Lynn's like, well, what do you see? And I was like, huh? And so I like flipped back and I was like, oh, they're on the phone. or when they were like, uh, where she's like, oh God, if I saw him right now, I'd be so upset. And I was like, but they're right next door. Mm-hmm. And so I thought they were on phone, on the phone, but it turned out they were hanging out at Lynn's. And I was like, you guys don't hang out at Lynn's. Yeah, we don't need a third location in this book. Yeah. Let's keep it very tidy. <laughs> it's too much. Um, okay, hold on. Let me see what my other notes are here. <laughs> okay, just hold on. This is, <laughs> this, is the, this is what happened to me in the first two notes. Hey, fellows, is it gay to cry at your dead girlfriend's funeral? Oh, wait, much worse. He's a murderer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, pretty worse. Wait, does Lynn, this was my question, because did you notice that Lynn showed up with her hair in a bunch of braids? And I was wondering if she had white girl cornrows. Do you think she did? I I don't know how else to imagine that. Like, it looks like she went to spring break and came back like that. Or she did it herself, in which case it probably does not look great. It probably looks like trash. If she did it herself, (laughs) it looks like trash. If she went to Cancun for the first time, Mm -hmm. And like me, her mother was like, you'll only be in Cancun once. <laughs> <laughs> so she was like, well, okay. The, it's, I mean, it's September. So it's starting at the beginning of the school. So she might be coming back from a vacation. Yeah. I guess that possi- might be possible. So she shows up with all those braids. I was like, okay, Lynn. Um, I can't read my writing. Did you see that Scott's called like, his position on the football team is like called a tailback or something? <laughs> And I've I've never seen a football game. I've never watched a football mm. game in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is that common knowledge or is that like a term? Because like, I don't think I've ever heard that Hold before. On, I'm gonna look it up because I am not super familiar with football. I know, I know quarterback. I know like fullback, fullback, halfback. Maybe those are soccer things. Tailback football. Okay. Like I- wait, so he's like some niche thing. Tailback football. What is it? A position that lines up deep in the backfield and specializes as the ball carrier on running plays. Okay, so he's like a fast guy. So that is evidence that this is not supposed to be like girl led mm-hmm. because like there's a lot of young women that might not actually know what that very specific thing is. I think R.L. Stein is just throwing that out there in hopes that like and I, I don't I don't know why he put that in there, but I don't know specif- specificity of detail. It's a little bit niche. It's yep. a little bit niche because like I think I glazed over. I was like, okay, he does something. 
like because here's the thing i like sports i'm not like a sports ball is humor person mm-hmm. however i i will say a huge swath of not knowledge for me is football and so i was just like Gh. like i my eyes glazed and i was like oh, he does something in football football's boring to watch isn't it yeah it stops and goes the only thing that's good about it is the uniforms oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess the pants. The tops. The don't... tops are kind of whatever. They're they hide. The, the, you're like I don't know what I'm really seeing, but with the pants, you actually. Well, because the yeah. pants, I have noticed pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've deeply noticed the pants. And you're like, oh, look, I can see your jockstrap through your white yeah. pants. That, this is what a what a what a fun day this is for me. Yeah. That's as close as I've come to watching a football game. Yeah. Yeah. The highlights. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So then, so yeah, they're like, oh my gosh, he's this football guy. He hangs out with Jake, and like you said, I also liked Jake. Hmm. And I felt bad for Jake because I thought Lynn was being a real, well, she was being really cunty to him, I thought. Yeah. Because she was like. Inviting Scott and then me like, you can come too. I know. And, and like, like all over Scott. Yeah, that you can come too things sucked. But also I think, it, it, I mean, I guess I can't say, I was going to be, it's good to give the reader, especially a young impressionable reader, like this vision of someone who's like, she knows what she wants and she's going for it, but then I guess she gets killed. So that's not a great message. But right. like until she dies, mm-hmm. I think it is nice. Like you don't have to be nice to every guy. You don't. And I think a lot of people think you do, mm-hmm. but like maybe Lynn's taking it a step too far, but yeah. Yeah. Here's what I think. I think she didn't need to invite him. Mm-hmm. I. I, I feel like if she had to, like feeling like you have to invite this guy that you have no interest in, like that I've been there. Like I, when I was younger, like thought, and I th- I've talked about this on the podcast before where it's like, if someone likes me, then like it's mean to not like them back. Yeah. And like, you can, you can totally not like somebody, mm-hmm. but you don't have to be cruel to somebody, which is like flirting egregiously with this guy Literally, while you're sandwiched between him and the guy that has a crush on you, I don't think you need to do that. Right. That's too much. It's a bit too much. But you can invite the hot guy to your house. That's okay. I don't know. Do you think R.L. Stein thinks that we're supposed to be... I don't know. You spend more time with R.L. Stein than I do. Mm. Are we supposed to think badly of Lynn? Or are we supposed to think like she's empowered and she's going for what she wants? I think... It's so funny. In this instance, I think we're supposed to think she's a little bit too much. Not that she got what she deserved, according to R.L. Stein. Okay. Weirdly, I think with characters that are much more intensely, like almost evil, like Reva, mm-hmm. we're supposed to be like, hee hee hee. You know? <laughs> okay. She's not, yeah, she's not. She's not evil. She's not wild. She's not, she's not like, yeah, she's just, she just really wants to rub up on Scott real bad. And these books can be a little bit slut shamey sometimes. Mm. So like Lynn, for example, because this is the thing. Lynn is as close to a slut as we're going to get in one of these books. These characters don't have sex. These characters don't drink. They don't do drugs. They have parties with uh, long sub sandwiches and <laughs> soda, seriously, and like milk and pizza for dinner. Like they, it's it's a very strange world that these characters live in. Whereas the Christopher Pike characters that get drunk, they do drugs, they have sex. They, I remember specifically in Scavenger Hunt, the, one of the first Christopher Pike books I read, that you see the girl's butt in a pool. And I was like, ah, oh my God. I was like, a butt? A butt in a pool? Oh my God. Whereas this, like, we're never going to see anything. No. We get a low-cut leotard and that's it. And we get a skirt that's above the knees and therefore sinful. Yeah. That was such a weirdly specific like m- piece of mom rule that he's incorporated into his brain. Yes. God, I wanted more of that mom. I really wanted more of that mom. 
But so both Lynn and Crystal, they're like, we're going to do a friendly competition. We want to um, uh, try and get Scott mm-hmm. to like us. Mm-hmm. And Melinda kind of has a little crush on Scott, but she's not going to do anything about it because she's too dowdy. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little mouse. He would never like me. And dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Surprise. Oh, God. I hated Scott. I mean, he did a good job of making, but that's the other thing, too, is that while we are, um, and I think, okay, hmm, how do I say this? So while I think this book is slightly slut shaming because it's like, well, Lynn, she's so forward and then she gets killed. Mm-hmm. That is seen as an injustice, and I think that the glimpse that we see of Scott's family life and in Scott's head, we are supposed to be disgusted by Scott, mm-hmm. like by that perspective of, well, girls should be proper, girls should be this. Like we're supposed to be like, oh God, like what a creep, that's- instead of just some unknown killer that's killing sluts. Right. Okay. That that makes sense, and maybe that's why he made the decision to like have his narration at the beginning of the book. It's like you're going to be stuck in this guy's head from the beginning, so you can see how awful he is. Yeah. And. Maybe he's a little judgmental with Lynn, but like Scott is obviously the focus of all the badness in the book. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. I actually was laughing pretty hard at how dumb the girls were being at like misunderstanding what he was feeling towards them. Cause like there's literally a point where Crystal sees him, he's in the backyard, they make eye contact, and then she's like, ah, he like starts like chopping the ground really hard. Yeah, I have this this tab as smash a hoe. Yeah, he smashed a hoe really hard over and over again. Maybe he doesn't hate me at all, Crystal thought. He probably didn't even see me on Sunday. He must have been angry at something else when he kept slamming that hoe into the ground. <laughs> probably a fight with his parents, she decided. After a fight with her mom, Crystal usually felt like smashing something or everything, exclamation point. <laughs> Crystal is like, even though she's like kind of like, popular and whatever she is a little bit like well gee whiz (laughs) yeah um that is so funny the mental gymnastics that she went through to be like oh that wasn't weird that he was like smashing a hoe a lot like (laughs) that's a very strange thing that's very strange so wait does that happen before or after the reference to killing the dog (gasps) he does kill a dog there is animal death in this book so be okay. warned. So like he like thinks it's a dream and then he wakes up and he actually did kill the dog with like garden shears. Yeah. And so that is something that really happened. And that's goes, before the hoe. That's before the hoe. And he said that the dog belongs to like some girl who dresses inappropriately. Yeah. But I guess it's a third girl that we don't even see because I thought yeah. it was Lynn, but Lynn never talks about her dog going it's missing. A random just girl. A random other girl that he's like, nope, you have to kill your dog. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. It's yep. just some random other girl. Um, But yeah, he... He's like smashing a hoe into the ground very aggressively while staring at her. And she's like, he must be mad at his parents. I get it. Was he burying the dog? I don't know what he was doing. Okay. Maybe he was like big digging a hole for the dog's body. Right. Yeah, I guess he wouldn't do that with a hoe. But also, I don't know how smart this person is. No, and- he's... He's too busy trying to like kill women. <laughs> yeah, I also want to like make a metaphor. Is like, oh, he's smashing a hoe. You understand? I was like, uh, that terminology did not exist back then. This no. is also something that works now, but it is very, very funny. It is very, very funny. Um, I, there's another one with like the girls like massively misunderstanding who this person is, and it's when so we never see Melinda talk about like what it's like to be in class with him, mm-hmm. and I wish we almost could have seen some of that. I want to see like what is he, she says he doesn't talk in class. I guess so that that makes sense why. But that makes sense. Why? Is that words? Mm-hmm. Is that words? Okay. Um, but um, Melinda's talking. She says, but he's answered a few questions in class. 
I don't know, this could be totally off the wall, but I get the feeling that he's sad about something. It's as if he's trying to get over something. You know, maybe something from his past. <laughs> it's just like, that's how, get a, like, like, that, that's how that works. But yeah. also, you're, I guess, 17? You should probably know that, like, there's no, you can't yeah. get over something that's not in your, your past. That's how time works. Yeah. yeah. And also, like, it's very funny that she got all of that from him answering some questions in class. Like, what What were his answers? Please, yeah. Were they like, like, I, I, I just don't know. Well, he's, he's, I don't, uh, maybe it's the best, it's for the best that like they keep that walled off for us. So you only get it through then. And then Crystal's response is, what if Melinda is right? What if Scott does have some kind of secret past? And it's like, that's not a, those don't words that humans have ever, but. No. Yeah. Also like a 17 year old having a secret past is like, is, is it a secret pass or do you just not know this person? Yeah, it, I think you probably... just don't know him. <laughs> it's not like he's like, catch me if you can across the USA. He's like 17. Um, so after, uh, so at first like Lynn and um, Crystal are competing and then uh, uh, Lynn kisses him. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I was laughing so hard. Sorry to jump back because before Lynn kisses him, Crystal completely misreads a moment where she's like, wow. All I have to do is stare into his eyes and imagine him kissing me. She does it and she's like, hmm, he looks very intense right now. And it's because he's writhing with hate. Yeah, he wants to kill you. <laughs> he wants to murder her. Yeah. Completely murder her. And she's like, wow, we had an almost kiss moment. I can't believe it. I picture her like just leaning out with like her lips pursed and yeah. her eyes closed and him just like restraining the urge to like, like throttle her on the yeah. moment. I mean, like, what, what, is, what a magical moment for me. I know. She, she, like, she, yeah, she leaves it. Her experience of it. Well, I guess because she closes her eyes, she doesn't see. And she's like, hmm. He's doing like, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> <laughs> just mouth, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, I just meant for the listener because that wasn't going to, that wasn't going to read. Um, but then she leaves and then Lynn's like, I forgot my backpack. <laughs> she goes back to him, flirts on him, and then she's like, I kissed him. And then she's like, oh my God, he hasn't called me for six days. I was like, even that, like, even if he wasn't a killer, right? I'd be like, girl, I don't think he's into it. Right. Because six days after a kiss and you're in high school, mm -hmm. that's going to- he, he, knows, he knows how to contact you. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, there's like eight people that go to your school. I guess it's sort of weird. I mean, I guess I don't know what the mood is. They don't have gay characters in these either, do they? No. So um, no one ever says, like, maybe he's not into girls. Yeah, I know. He seems to, he seems to hate both of us equally. That's very, very strange. <laughs> No, they don't exist in these books. That's probably for the best. Um, yeah, I would be worried about what would happen to those characters. So I guess we only, our focus character is Crystal. So we never see stuff from, we only know what Melinda tells her and we only know what Lynn tells her. And I guess when Lynn's like, we kiss each other and like, we only see her version of it, but he was right. probably like just writhing with anger and like mouthing, I'm going to kill you yeah. the entire time. Yeah. Also. Yeah. Well, cause then remember we're in, we're in his head when she's like, let's go to like make out point. And he's like, he like grabs her hair like he's going to smash her head into the dash and mm -hmm. kill her. And so she was probably like, oh, my God, he's well, that's right. Because she was like, oh, he was so passionate. Right. But then she gets saved for the moment by some guy that's like, I'm lost. <laughs> this guy. I want to be this guy to some teens someday. Being like, I just can't find the dang road. <laughs> probably just wandering around specifically with the intention of like cock blocking teenagers. Yes. Yeah. You're like, mm, I'm going to ruin it for him. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's an, an end of chapter fake out. Is that something Arlstein does all the time? Like, 
much worse than this usually. Okay, it was literally just like, and then I slammed the knife into her face. Yeah. And you turn the page and it's like, but I didn't. Because I thought like, about it. So like, if you read these books, you know what he's doing and you know these are yeah. all fake outs, but he keeps doing it. And I guess yeah. it's like a game he's playing with you to be like, we know RL. Yeah. We know you're playing a joke on us every single time. Every time, RL. Mm. And sometimes they're like much more egregious. Literally, 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 okay? I'm quoting one where this girl was like, and then I was tackled by a killer. And then she's like, it was a leaf on my shoulder. I was like, what? <laughs> girl, go to the doctor. You can't tell the difference between a leaf and a person. But like sometimes... There was a, the Fear Park books I've been covering with Omar Najam have no fake outs and it's crazy. Like it will literally be like, and then all of their skulls exploded out of their skin. And then like the next page, the character stared at the skulls on the ground. I'm like, oh damn, what the hell? This is real. What's Fear Park? So he did like a little like three book trilogy okay. called uh, Fear Street, Fear Park. Okay. And like the first one's like the first scream. Then it's like the loudest scream. And then it's the final scream. And we've covered the first two. The first book is really good, mm. like shockingly good. And it's because he writes really well when it's not in quote present day, AKA 1996. So the first book takes place in 1930. Oh. Um, yeah. And then the Fierce Saga books, which are awesome. No fake outs there. And like a lot of weird supernatural stuff happens and like people explode or like their blood falls out of their body or like whatever. Um, those are in like 1600s, like Salem-y type time. Like in the movie like in the adaptation. Movie. Okay, so I have seen those. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did fall into a hole like trying to Im like understand like the enormity of the Fear Street universe. Oh my God. It's so much bigger than I thought. The biggest takeaway for me was the 1998 pilot. Have you ever seen it? No. So there's a pilot and um, I was like, oh, I've like, put it into YouTube. I want to see it. The, you can watch the entire thing right then. What? And I'm like, I want to know how well they preserve <laughs> like the like gory, lurid details yeah. of like these teen thriller books. And it is the like worst CJ. You remember that Saturday morning cartoon reboot? I literally reference reboot once a month. Okay. So um, <laughs> I refused to watch it because I was like, I'm disturbed. But I remember <laughs> seeing the, the images of it. Picture. The people from Reboot made a dancing skeleton. No. <laughs> and it's like dance music and he's doing the mashed potato. <laughs> and he has like human eyes that like never take their eyes off you. And it's like Alex Breckenridge is in it. Um, oh my God. Talia Balsam from Mad Men's in it. Oh my God. Um, I, I, it was bad. Like no one liked it. Um, I encourage everyone to go watch it. But um, I like snort laughed because it was like such a betrayal of like what this book taught me that Fear Street would be like, this is not it. Apparently yeah. it was specifically an adaptation of Ghosts of Fear Street. Oh, interesting. Which was, was We have not young, covered that. The skews younger. Yes, it so, does. And someone on Twitter told me that they were dumb. <laughs> I could see the, them being dumb. Um, yeah. When we're done, I will make you watch the clip. It yeah. was just, this is like, this is the worst thing. This is my new favorite worst thing I've ever seen. Oh, great. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh my God. Uh, I'm so glad that you referenced Reboot. I reference Reboot so often and people are like, what? And I'm like, you need to see this. So so, so as a spinoff to our, our regular podcast, we do something called Cartoons That Made Us Gay. Oh my um, God. Which is a Patreon thing. Uh -huh. And we did Reboot, but it was one of the later episodes of Reboot. Yeah. And I'm like, I watched the episode. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Because they were like dense. As really? They went oh on. yeah, there's like the lore. Yeah, because like the little kid turns into like a young man and then like huh. he's like, he's a, he's a boy and a man. There's like a Enzo. You okay. Enzo? Yeah. So the, he's a boy. There's also like an older sexy version of him at the same time. At the same time? At the same, because of time travel. It was 
one of the densest things I've ever had to pick apart. <laughs> but like also very sexy, very horny. A lot of those yeah. ugly CGI models are like ready to fuck. Really? Yeah. I could see that actually. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Good to know. Pin that for later. Um, wait, what was I, I got really distracted for a moment. I'm sorry. It's because I brought up Reboot. I know. And then I was in the Reboot world. Yeah. Um. So in... Uh, uh, so so Lynn kisses uh, Scott. It infuriates Scott, and he tries to murder her. Gets cock blocked from murdering her, and then he does eventually kill her. Mm-hmm. And like writes a fake. Oh, you know he makes her write the suicide note because he has a knife at her back. Right, and then knocks her unconscious, and then she suffocates. Yeah, okay. and then she's in the car that's like running in the garage. So she dies from uh, like exhaust, like carbon monoxide poisoning. Off page. Um, I was sad that. Melinda couldn't, or that um, Crystal couldn't save her. Uh, and then because of her death, Melinda and uh, and Crystal get to be closer friends again. He's like, well, my friend's dead, so I guess I'll hang out with you, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I'll hang out with your dumpy ass. Um, she gives her a makeover, uh, but it turns out that Scott has a crush on dumpy ass Melinda. Mm-hmm. But then he hates her new makeover, and he flips on a dime. Because he will be like, I'm so excited to see her. And then he sees her in a skirt and he's like, I want to kill her. <laughs> and then we see a moment with mother. And then there's the big showdown. He's going to try and kill. He He's like, oh, I now see why Melinda's been ruined. It's because of that slutty crystal. So then he wants to kill Crystal. But then Melinda's like, I'm going to stop him by saying that I'm Crystal. I'm Crystal. It's me, Crystal. And then um, Melinda's smashes his head with a vase. Oh, and then they have to hide in the attic, which they'd hinted at the attic. So explain the attic thing, because I couldn't I understand if that was just like an architectural feature or if their house was dilapidated. I think their house was dilapidated. Okay. Because they talk about like there's stuff that like the girls are supposed to be helping mom do, but it's yeah. all outside stuff. Mm-hmm. And then randomly one of the things is like there's a fucking hole yeah. in the attic ceiling slash floor. And that is not something that like teenage girls usually help their mom repair. No. But like put down a plank or put something. Put something yeah. down. <laughs> put some plywood down. Yeah. It seems like it's especially because. It snows where they live, so I'm like, it's gonna get cold. Yeah. Like you're gonna get a lot of cold coming through your roof hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and so she was like, when she first notices it, I was like confused about the physics because she's like walking around the attic, and then she's like, oh, and then I saw the floor, and I was like, huh? And she's like, of the ground below me, mm-hmm. and she's like, ah, mom has been meaning to fix that big hole. And then she's like, I'll just ignore it for now. But I was like, okay, I wonder that's probably going to come into play. And it does. So just back up for a second. Yeah. She doesn't seem to have a job. And she seems like she has a whole fuckload of clothes. Yeah. Like many multiple versions of sexy outfits. I was like, I think maybe you should put some of your wardrobe budget towards either clothing your sister. (laughs) Yes. Or like fixing the attic hole for five seconds. And I don't think that ever occurs to her. There's like, mom, fix (laughs) fix the stupid hole, mom. I know. And I, I don't know where she has all this money. But she does. And that's true. Like her sister wears the same, like, I don't know, like Vaughn's paper bag everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, I like how this looks. (laughs) And then Crystal's like in a million different outfits. Yeah. Something's not, something's not tracking here. She's squirreling away money somehow. Mm -hmm. But mom's going to start dating. She's on a date. She's going on a date. She does get a date. Her coworker. Good for her. So she's, you know, it was funny when I was, in, I don't know how to say it. I'll say it. When I was in my like hoe phase after my divorce, I was like complaining to some of my friends and they were like, Kelly, you need to stop fucking people that you work with. And I was like, I can't. 
<laughs> that's what the mom she's starting to do that she's I, her coworker. it's i mean it's right there it's right there that's the problem i i'm I, I'm, I'm glad you learned to stop doing that yeah uh, it's, that's always good to do because eventually it does come to bite you in the ass but yeah. like also if you're horny and lazy you're like well yeah yeah and i did luck out because the people were cool and chill and like it's, it's all i haven't been blacklisted anywhere it's, great, it's great, great. good it's good we're all okay I guess I work from home now, so I don't really have that. I, like it, there's yeah. no, there's there's no way to do that. You mm. can seduce your postal worker. We did have a sexy postal worker. Really? For a while. I don't know what happened to him, but um, it was oh, two okay. summers ago, and like me and like the like single women on my block yeah. were all like talking about like he's so cute, really uh, wearing like the the postal shorts. Yeah, but they were like calves. I bet extra. Yeah, he's really good walking shape. He had just like dreamy eyes. Oh my god. Oh my god. And I'm like, I guess this is what it's like to be like. A stay-at-home mom. Yeah, where like you just get what comes to you, and you're like that, that dream boat. But I think yeah. he found a better job, unfortunately. Oh, sad. Yeah. Well, good for him, but sad for for you and the the people on the block. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's why you become like Carmela Soprano, mm -hmm. and you fall in love with your priest. I guess it's that. like literally the only people in your life are your horrible husband mm -hmm. or his goons. His goons. Yeah. Okay, not great. Yeah. Oh, but she does fall in love with um the guy from Italy. She falls in love with a lot of people. I'm faking along here, but I've never actually seen this. Really? Here's no. what I'll say about it. It is quite good. Herman says? I will say a thing that was hard for me to get past, because I did not watch it first round, mm -hmm. um, is that it came out, it, it started prestige television, but it came out before the money backed up prestige television, like Breaking Bad. Mm. So it doesn't look I can see that being a problem. Good. Yeah. But it the performances are great, and I still stand that Carmela Soprano is like my favorite character in anything. Mm -hmm. But you know, I have a weird mental illness where when everyone's like the thing is great, I'm like mm, I don't have to watch it because everyone else is watching it, and mm. I'll put my time into so all I do is spend time with old media that people aren't talking about. Yeah, like this R.L. Stein book, which I was yeah. very happy to read. But like I've not seen Succession, and I also haven't seen Breaking for those reasons because mm. like when everyone's like no it's great you have to watch it i'm like no i want to go watch the weird thing because i'm still the weird 13 year old who wants to like watch like the gross horror movie they're like yeah. it's not is not good but is appealing to me does that make sense it's i know exactly what you mean i did i am watching succession but i have this thing it's so i love succession but i feel this dread when it's time to watch it not due to the um content of it mm -hmm. but like it's just like oh now i have to like do my due diligence to like the cultural zeitgeist right whereas i could waste so much time on shutter like i have mm -hmm. wasted so much time and then when they were like i forgot they do those collections mm -hmm. and then they did like a jalo like sub genre thing mm -hmm. and i was like well now that's what I'm doing. I have to watch all these movies that have long evocative titles. Yeah, have very long evocative titles and are all dubbed over in the same language that uh, the characters are speaking. <laughs> have you ever seen Your Vice is a Locked Room and Only I Have the Key? No, but I have been recommended that movie before. It's like... It's literally on my movie list. It's filthy. It is, it's like everything about it is scummy yeah, and right. lurid and... Right. Um, it's just a lot of hot Italians having straight people sex. Right. And I love it. It's... Right. Yeah. Actually, there, there, there might be some queer stuff in there. But um, yeah. Um, but like literally, that was like this is the name of the movie. I have to watch. I have to yeah. drop everything. And just watch this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's another one called A Lizard in Woman's Skin, <laughs> and I still don't know why it's called that. But I'm like, you got me. Yeah. I think it was. I think it's on Shutter actually. Yeah. 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 
So th- I'm watching stuff like this and I'm not watching the acclaimed stuff that everyone else is talking about and demanding that is like, everyone says it's good. I'm like, I'm sure it is good. Yeah. But also with all of those shows, I also have a problem. I guess Sopranos has more female characters. Mm-hmm. Whenever I look at a cast and I just see a bunch of dudes like Succession. Yeah. Like I just, I know Shiv. Shiv. Shiv Roy. Um, she's the only one that I th- hear people talking about. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't think I'm going to do well in something that has that many male characters, mm-hmm. which is why like Yellow Jackets is something I can slide right into. Yeah. Because easy. I'm like, oh, here, this this works for me. Women yeah. in crisis, different women personalities. Yeah, sure. yeah. Right. Which is pro- another reason why YA probably would have worked for me back in the day. Mm-hmm. That's exactly why. Um, and I, if you are a fan of pulp, that's what, especially YA of that time, yeah. is full of. Um, okay, tag yourself. Which character are you? Um, I think I'm Jake <laughs> because unscathed, like, yeah, unscathed. That, that's usually me, and also like he means well. He's sort of an awkward doof, and yeah. I relate to him. And um, I did wish the girls, like one of the three girls, could have been like, actually, he's okay. They never do that. That's fine. Yeah. Um, and then if I have to pick a female character, I am probably. Melinda. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just want to go do my thing. And people were like, but like, you know, you could like, if like you could try harder. And yeah. I'm like, mm, I don't want to. Yeah. I'm going to be lazy. I, I, it's so poor Jake. I also felt like I was like, I wish that someone liked Jake. It doesn't have to like, and no one has to. It's just too bad. Cause mm-hmm. he seems perfectly nice. And he seems like, you know, like he, he's, I felt bad for him because he would brighten up at the, fucking breadcrumbs that Lynn gave him when she was like, I, I guess you can come too. And he's like, oh, great. Right. I was like, oh, man, get some self-respect. No self-respect. Like, Whatever. Whatsoever. None whatsoever. Yeah. Simping so hard. Um, <laughs> I mean, that was me in high school for sure, yeah. where I was just like, uh, well, like, well, I can make you laugh, right? Ugh. Uh, I, and now you're a comedic performer. And now I'm the, the tracks. It's so funny. I, God, this is like a couple months ago. I was like talking to a friend about um, my crush in middle school. And actually I was talking about this with Ryan and Lindsay. I think maybe it was on an episode of the podcast about my middle school crush who like basically he was the only boy that like ever paid any attention to me. And it was only because we had to sit next to each other and I could make him laugh. But he was popular and he was like very hot and he was like really cool. But he also broke my binder every day. Like I'm on purpose. I can step on it, and I was like, and so I remember one time, like I was like, "Why are you doing it?" Because I kept finding my binder (laughs) broken, and then I saw him stepping on it at lunch, and I was like, "Why would you do this?" And I remember asking, "I was like, why would you do this?" And he literally, like, he looked so like he was like, "Oh, like there's a person behind what I'm doing this to." Like I remember the look on his face of being like, "Shit, I feel really fucking bad." Um. But I didn't care at that point. Like I felt so like embarrassed and like whatever um, because I like thought that – I don't know. I, I was like maybe he has a crush on me because he like thinks I'm funny. Mm-hmm. Boys don't have crushes on you because they think you're funny in middle school. They don't do that. They only like if you're hot. And so I remember like being like, well, maybe. Um, I did. I had what I thought were crushes on girls who I did think were funny. But obviously – Do you was- know how many gay guys have said that to me? <laughs> To me specifically, they're like, oh, before I knew I was gay, I thought I had a crush on you. And I'd be like, well, thanks. <laughs> we, we like we like funny women with good personalities. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that is worth something to me now. Now, at the time, doing you absolutely no favors. Nothing but when like, you're 13. In, 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 the, in like the context of like middle school, it's like, listen, like 
I didn't know I was gay. Probably could have like dated one of those girls and would have been about as fulfilling if they dated any of the other guys in class. Yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, it would have been more, it would have been 100% more people than I had dated <laughs> at all in middle school. I was not a middle school dating person. I think it, it's more people I know aren't. I think yeah. it's weird when I find out someone was like popular and like mature and like a developed person that early on. It's like most of us were like just amoebas and uh, until like late high school, if not like after high school. Yeah. I don't think I like fully understood empathy until I was like 24. That's like, probably true. Yeah. Yeah. Like really realizing that like, oh, when this person is not around me, they have a full life like outside of in my interactions and validation that I get from them. Mm -hmm elsewhere and like i understood cruelty and things like that like more so which is weird because i was bullied a lot but like i just didn't get i don't know it doesn't mean that you're gonna make that connection and i think there are people who'd only make that honestly when they have kids that's mm -hmm. like it takes them that long yeah. which might be when they're 24 it might yeah. be when they're 34 and also there's like a substantial portion of the population running around who just does not understand that and no. like they're not capable of understanding it and we have to navigate around them mm -hmm. yes it's very nefarious i it is very weird when you meet someone that is an adult that you're like, like you can just tell from like little interactions they have where you're like, oh, you are really in arrested development. Like you have no, you, you've not, you live an unexamined life. Yeah. Usually this is on a first date for me where like, yeah, they'll be like, mm, that was weird. That was mm -hmm. weird. And I'm like, I think I know what's going on here. I mm -hmm. think like you have no concept of self really. Yes. Yeah. And like, you just step back and like, oh, this is how I look to the world and other people are people. Yeah. Yes. Also, I've noticed um, there are people that are like very, very obsessed with, and I don't, have I talked about this on the podcast? Maybe I have. Like when people are like, who I am is a, like put in this IP fan or like whatever, yeah. like, and, and, or, or, they get this obsession with, and I see this a lot in like writer Twitter or like honestly voice actor Twitter. There is no such thing as actor Twitter. So that doesn't really happen. But of like people that are like, they, they have no sense of like, like I know who I am. I'm Kelly, you know, like, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm more than this label of like career or fandom. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. And there's people that don't have, like, there's just no secure sense of like, Oh, I know I know who I am and and also I know that that thing is kind of amorphous and that like maybe there is no specific structure by which I can taxonom taxonom taxonomy myself. Mm -hmm. And so I need this thing of like a Star Wars fan or like a this fan or whatever. Or like Christian or like yes. like really in the tank for like yes. one politician. Yes. Like to the point Cult of personality politician shit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, like I classify like Yes. Adult Disney person and yes. like someone who like really likes one politician at the exclusion of all the others. Yes. And like these are both these are both people that like perhaps uh, I'm not going to mesh super well. with. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 I agree. I, I, I fell into it. Uh, this was a while ago, but I made a joke on Twitter about, you know, who's Princess Daisy? She's yeah, like, like not Peach, but the other one. Yeah, yeah, the brown-haired one. I ran afoul of like the Daisy fandom. Oh no! And like, I was like, this is such a specific thing, and I was like, I don't know why I'm and surprised. And there's some real freaks in that Daisy fandom. Yes. <laughs> and they're like, no, she is the best, and like, I can't believe you said this, and like, it's like Beyonce stands for like Princess Daisy. <laughs> yeah, for Princess Daisy. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I just need to extricate myself from all these people. Yeah. And now I never want to say anything about that 
Nintendo character again because I'm worried that they'll come after me. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, you just did say something about, well, you didn't say anything about her. I just said that like they're, they're passionate and you should respect them and don't run afoul of them. It's like, but literally like I, and I see some stuff and this is going to be so mean, but it's like, I saw something and I'll just give an example. I'll change it up. I'll anonymize it for, Mm -hmm. I'll yasify it for, for, um, (laughs) anonymous on anonymity's sake. But I saw this person that was like, I'll just do an example. Um, they're like, oh, I just know that like Princess Daisy would be a fan of, I don't even know, like, uh, <laughs> why am I only thinking of this one politician? <laughs> oh, God. I can't think of any other name of any politician right now. Um, Can I guess which politician you're thinking of? Who? You say Bernie Sanders? No, I was okay. going to say Ron DeSantis. <laughs> oh. But, okay, sure. We'll say Bernie Sanders. Okay, yeah. I just know that she would be a fan of Bernie Sanders. So here's a drawing of her dra- cosplaying as Bernie Sanders. And I'm yep. like, what are you fucking talking about? Yep. What are you fucking, t- you're fu- what are you talking about? What? No, she wouldn't. She doesn't even fucking know what's happening. She lives in the fucking mushroom kingdom. <laughs> what are you talking about? Right, right, right. She knows Bowser. <laughs> like what? Her, her politicians are Bowser and Peach. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Uh, it's like choose between the two. And then like Mario maybe? <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it is. It, it, it's fascinating to think about. I mean, granted, we were in a podcast going deep on a book that, like, probably no one else is talking in depth right right now, and that is one specific thing. And I can appreciate that, but also, it is just fascinating. That someone's like so deep on something that, like, they really believe this and they feel this very yes, honestly. Like, they're like, this is something that, like is important to me, and I'm yeah. putting it out there, and I'm not embarrassed, and I love it, and this is who I am. And I'm almost like, I, I guess I gotta respect that, but also, my mind can't wrap my head around all the gymnastics you're doing to like layer all this like personal stuff onto your projection of this fictional character. Yeah, and. Uh, no conclusion there because what do you say to that? What do you say to it? Oh. But I, I agree. I'm like, I'm glad that you have this passion. I really am. But like, maybe this is just me being a bully now. Maybe the tables have turned. I just think that some nerd stuff has gotten, it's too strong. Yeah. <laughs> it's become too strong. I mean, go on Tumblr. Spend 10 minutes on Tumblr and oh. you'll be like, yeah, that's a takeaway most people will have. But. Yep. I left Tumblr. Like, I, I feel like Tumblr's reverting to its 2014 era. It sort of is. It's sort of like nature's restoring itself. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. can also post peen on Tumblr now. Oh, really? Yeah. They said it's okay. Wow. I think you can't be like, like inserting peen. Okay. Like, it can be, be like there. A, a male nude with a penis hard or soft and that's not. Really? It's fine now. Wow. It has changed a little. Yeah. They kind of learned the lesson. Speaking of like, and I th- I think I've talked, have you watched How To with John Wilson? No, what is that? It's very strange. Okay. It's very strange. It's, so this uh, documentary filmmaker, John Wilson, it's on HBO. Um, it it ha- has taken hundreds of hours of footage in New York City and has curated it all together into episodes that are then narrated and he just finds stuff that matches what he's talking about. But he also interviews people. He goes along to talk to people. And he like interacts with the most strange and interesting people. Like there was one where this guy was like, he like a- he accidentally goes to a Nexium event. Like it's wild. Um, it is uh, a little bit like you know like uh, Nathan for you and like mm-hmm. it, so it's it's um, EP'd by Nathan Fielder. Okay. Um, so it has and like the rehearsal, it has kind of that vibe a little bit. Um, but there's this one episode where he stumbles upon an Avatar fan group. Like the movie Avatar. The movie, the movie Avatar. People. And okay. this is five years ago. So this is before Way of Water. Okay. And before they even really knew it was going to be coming out. 
and there's like nine members and it is it was one of those things where i was like man like i am so glad that these people have each other because mm-hmm. they get to meet up and they get to talk about avatar and like they have found these like friendships of like we the thing we love the most and wish was real mm. which is then where it gets kind of like oh man guys is avatar and so they like are obsessed with it and the thing that did make me laugh a lot about that episode was the, so he goes to the meeting and they're like look at all this blue food we have and they have all this blue food but then one of the blue foods is a bag of cool ranch doritos so it's just the bag that's blue <laughs> so it's like details like that like he just like zooms in on the food and you're just like on this food and it's yeah. called how to and it's on hbo max mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, how to with john wilson okay yeah. I will I will I will check this weird thing out. It's pretty weird. Um okay. there's like a guy that like wishes that he could get his foreskin back and he's like trying to grow it back and he has this like machine that's like just pulling on his penis. Yeah. But he's just laying in it while talking to the guy, <laughs> while talking to John Wilson. That's that's And he's made a, a a song about it and he like makes him listen to the song and he has a family. He has like kids and a wife and they're just like in the kitchen. And they're like, "Yeah, dad's doing the stretching thing again." Can you see the, the penis? Is it just mm-hmm. out there? Okay. Well, the tip is covered because it's pulling. Right. The machine's pulling. But right. his but penis see, like, is. You see shaft. It is. You do see shaft. Ha. Huh. And he's like spread eagle on the bed. Right. Just talking to the to to this very awkward documentary filmmaker who's just like, oh, okay. So um, I'll just stand here. Okay. It's very interesting. I mean, I could talk about this kind of stuff like for longer than probably you want <laughs> an episode to be. But like, I am just fascinated by like people being themselves. Yeah. And like being unabashedly themselves. And some of the versions of that, you're like, yes, I understand this. And sometimes you're like, I don't understand this. But I'm like, dude, I'm happy for you and your little buddy that you're trying to regrow. That sounds like a great life's mission. I wonder if it works. I think he claims it does. Mm. Well, I mean, otherwise, why would he be doing it? To see, I guess, if it works. Or just like because that's his thing and he likes to talk about that. I I don't, I really don't know. He claims it works. Well, I mean, I, I guess if you're like stretching I, it for a long period of time. Yeah, skin stretches. Like yeah, skin, skin stretches, stretches when you like gain muscle or weight. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, he he claims it works. He has a whole CD music about it. <laughs> that part. It's the crossover of the music. Right, 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 right. So that, I mean, that, but that's the thing. That's like drawing Princess Daisy, like yes. hugging Bernie Sanders, where it's like, no, I believe this so much. I'm now making art about yes. it. And you're like. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm glad that you can draw. So that way you can see your dream yeah, you, you, of princess you, you, daisy cosplaying bernie sanders you made this come to life yeah so wait, do you listen do you know that podcast cerebro is about x-men no i don't know it so there's connor goldsmith like is, is the host and every episode is a deep dive on a specific x-men and he pairs like it's usually writers in the comics community mm-hmm. so like he'll find uh like someone that matches up with a specific character and they talk about the entire history of every appearance of that character and wow. sometimes they go for like hours that's so cool and his favorite character is this character named Madeline Pryor, she's the Goblin Queen. She's like mm-hmm. the evil clone of Jean Grey. And Whoa. he's never talked about her because he is like designs, he wants to write comics one day, but for his 100th episode, he did a deep dive on Madeline Pryor and it's like, literally, it's like five three-hour episodes. Really? So it's like part one, two, three, four, five. I'm like in the middle of two and I'm just listening to it while I'm like doing editions and yeah. stuff. And I'm like, this is really good. So yeah. like, this is like a deep dive where I'm like, oh, like he has passion and he has knowledge and he's like made something that like, he's talking about like vertigo and he's talking yeah, about yeah. like all these other influences that are coming to this comic thing. And I'm like, so yeah, penis 
um, foreskin music man. Yeah. That is the specific thing. I'm like, I don't get it. But this other person, like, it is wild to do like 10 hours of a podcast yeah. about a specific comic character that is in not most people's top 10. Yeah. And this person, like, did a really good job. And I'm like, this is interesting. This is actually validating. It was like, all right, go be your weird self. Go deep and like be yeah. as much you as you possibly can because yeah. you might hit it big and it's going to connect with people. Well, that's the, th that's, I think, the thing is that like if there's like truth and if it's good because mm. if that guy's penis song was good <laughs> if it was a banger then i'd be like honestly <laughs> song rips but the song was bad <laughs> it was a bad song right okay so you know what i mean like it like at that like i'm like you can do anything and you can whatever like you can if that if that daisy cosplaying bernie sanders was like a beautiful piece of art then i would be like damn you know what not for me, but like <laughs> that's cool that you did like, that. You did a good, you did, you, you did a really good job with but that. But like you can probably imagine how shitty that artwork is because I, I, it's bad. <laughs> yeah, no, again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, again. It was like it was like you see what she looks like, right? You didn't you didn't really do all right. Never mind. You, you say you like her, but like, never mind. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not yeah. Gonna get it. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we started with a book and ended up with um, Penis and Princess Daisy. And that's about as much of a journey as I think I expected to come. Yeah. On. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing the show, Drew. Thank you for reaching out and inviting me to do it. Um, I think you guys are doing really interesting. Like I said, I like the urban legend thing, but I just like you guys are um, not like, like, what do you call it? Um not aggrandizing, but was the thing like when you make something better than it is? Oh, uh, there's, a, there's a verb I'm trying to think of. I just like that you guys are picking out these books that like maybe yeah. people have not read before and maybe yeah. people haven't read since they were in middle school and like uh, giving them the consideration of like people make creative decisions and they made yeah. this thing to put out there and like there's value to it and it reflects an aspect of society. I think you, I think you both do a very good job with that. Thank you so much. That's so nice. And you were such a lovely guest co-host. Thank you so much for joining me. Do you have anything that you would like to plug and where people can, where can people find you online? Uh, I am on Twitter at Drew G. Mackey, M-A-C-K-I-E. Um, I have a podcast called Gayest Episode Ever. It's at gayestepisodeever.com or any of the podcast listening apps because we're on all of them. And it is specific episodes of classic sitcoms that deal with LGBTQ uh, themes. We just did Bosom Buddies in the weeks before, the week before that we did Parks and Recreation with the Gay Penguins, when they married the Gay Penguins. <laughs> Um, and, uh, I think similarly, I feel about like sitcoms, a lot of people think that sitcoms are like trash TV. Oh and yeah. I really like picking something that is bad from the eighties. Like there's a Mr. Belvedere where he discourages a child from being gay. Oh my God. <laughs> and it's wild. Oh my God. So something like that is like fascinating to me. Um, if, uh, you want to go in those deep dives with us, uh, check me out there. I guess that's it. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much to Drew. Follow him on everything. Listen to everything he does. Um, uh, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We really, really appreciate you. A very special shout out to our Patreon producers who give it the $15 a month level. Thank you, Adam Howitz, Amanda Kay, Amy T, Ann Dwyer, Caitlin L, Carrie Ham, Charlie B, Courtney McPhail, Danielle Amana, Danny B, Drew Oranis, Ellie Lagos, Emma, Emma M, Aaron B, Gabriela Santiago, Gwendolyn Ludovic, Hannah L, Jason H, Jeremy Cronk, Jeremy Goodfellow, and Marco Pavlicic. Jesse T, Jessica Smith-Harper, Jessica Yu, Jonathan Venable, Kat Miller, Katie Olsner, Keith Anderson, Kelly Burns, Carrie N, Coy, Landry Desmond, Larry Nguyen, Laura Hooper, Megan Lozier, Melody, Micah Eunice, Miguel Camacho, Miranda Hester, Molly G, Molly Marks, Noah Spargo, Nor Orion, Rachel C, Rashad Black, Randy Klett, Rebecca Goss, Robert F, Rogue Kalahua, 
Sasha Gibson, Shannon P, Sylvie D, Victoria Beck, and Whitney E. Thank you so much. And for anybody else who's interested, patreon.com slash teencreeps. We have a lot of really cool stuff on there for you. Lindsay is still joining me for the minisodes and the outside genre episodes. Um, we most recently covered um, Cabin at the End of the World by Paul Tremblay, um, which then inspired me to read uh, 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 Ghosts, Head Full of Ghosts by Paul Tremblay. Um, and we're going to be covering that next week. Um, I love that author. I think he's a very good author. And um, uh, I'm really excited about that. But we have a bunch of um, new stuff coming for you outside genre this month. We just got the suggestion from the winner. And so I'm very excited to, to record that one. Um, and uh, leave us a happy review wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure you follow Drew. Thank you again for uh, joining me for, for today. Thank you. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next week. Until then, keep it creepy. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Dog. Kelly Nugent, Lindsay Katai, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, Dog. and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.